This is Jeff Billard, and you're listening to the Mutual Audio Network. Following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. Welcome to the 2011 Sonic Summerstock Playhouse premiere. Each season, the Summerstock players from a variety of audio drama companies provide for you on our stage the very best in classic audio plays. I'm your announcer and host tonight, David Alt, and I have to say how wonderful it is to be invited back over here to Nova Scotia just to see... The first of our productions. I mean, it's very, 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 very exciting for me to be here. Not only because I'm, I'm being given the opportunity to be locked in Jack's cupboard with uh, Shannon for a while later, but we have, for your delectation, and indeed for my delectation as well, because I'm, I'm here. Um, sorry, um, I'll keep it down. Uh, uh, the Haunting Hour, The Thought. It sounds very, very exciting. And, um, oh, yes, I think... The lights have gone down. Where's, where's my... I've got a program. Oh, well, never mind. Um, so, here we go. It's going to be a fantastic evening, and I shall see you after the show. Unless there's an interval. Is it... I, I don't have my program. How do I... Shh, sorry. stillness of this moment, for this is a time of mystery, a time when imagination is free and moves forward swiftly, silently. This is The Haunting Hour. The Thought. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies. And gentlemen, for your pleasure and amazement, this 78 Club presents The Great Marlowe, The Mental Marvel. Gifted with a seventh sense, The Great Marlowe reads your mind, knows your every thought. Now I warn you, if you have a secret you don't want him to know, just don't think about it. Presenting the Great Marlowe. Thank you. Thank you. Frankly, I can't explain the performance you are about to witness. Science, without explaining it, calls it telepathy, thought transference. I call it hokum. <laughs> The gentleman calls it hokum. Maybe. We will see. Now, everybody in this room, concentrate. Think of a thing or a person. 
Concentrate. Think hard. Ah, I have a thought. Someone is thinking of the initials S G. Will the person thinking of S G please rise? I've been thinking S G. Thank you, young lady. You are concentrating on the name of Stanley Green. Is that right? Why, yes. Stanley is in the army, I believe. Correct? Yes, he's a sergeant. <laughs> And you want me to tell you Stanley's serial number? It's three four o o seven six seven. Is that correct? I have another thought. Someone is thinking. Someone is thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, please bear with me a moment. I have to stop this performance. Believe me, it's important. I will be back very shortly. I told you it was hokum. What happened, Professor? Forget your code. <laughs> What's the idea? Stop and act like that. Where is your telephone directory, Marino? What you trying to do? Ruin my club's reputation? Shut up, Marino. Where is your? Oh, here. Now listen, Marlo. I pay you two grand a week. When would twenty? I expect to get my money's worth. Listen, will you please leave? Just as soon as I'm through with this call, I'll finish the act. All right. But make it snappy and close the door. Hello. Hello. I'd like to speak with Helen Thornton. This is Mrs. Thornton. Helen Thornton. Yes. Who's this? My name is Marlow, a telepathist performing at the Seventy Eight Club. A few moments ago, during my act, I received a thought that is vital to you. Are you alone? Yes. Do as I say. Please lock all your windows and doors. Allow no one in under any circumstance. If this is someone's idea of a practical joke. No, Mrs. Thornton. This is no joke. Someone in this nightclub is planning to kill you. Hello, this is Mildred Helen. I just got in. Oh, I've been trying to get you for hours. I know it's very late, but could you come over, Helen? What's the matter, Mildred? I'm so frightened. I'm all alone here. Where's Jack? He's out of town, and it's Marie's night off. Mildred, I don't know what to do. What's wrong? You, you sound. Mildred, come over right away, please. You could spend the night. Oh, Helen, what happened? What's wrong with you? 
Oh, Jack. Helen. Helen, you all right? Look, I'll be right over. No, Mildred. It's all right now. Jack's home. What was the matter? I'll speak to you tomorrow. All right. Good night. Oh, Jack. (laughs) What's the matter? What happened, darling? (laughs) Helen, Helen, for praise's sake, what is it? Pull yourself together, darling. Come over here and sit down. There, that's better. Now, what is it, darling? Oh, Jack, I'm so glad you're home. It's been awful, and I didn't expect you. And when I heard the door... I finished my business in New York sooner than I planned. I would have wired, but I thought I'd surprise you. I met Fred Hamilton on the train coming home. Remember the buyer from St. Louis? But we stopped off for a drink downtown. Oh, Jack, you should have called me. As a matter of fact, I did try to call you. About 11. Just as we were leaving the 78 Club. The 78 Club? You were there? Uh, What is it, darling? Nothing. I'm all right now. Something is wrong, Helen. What is it? I guess I was just frightened being alone. You've been alone before, many times. Yes, but that call... What call? Oh, that's it. That's why the door was double locked. Well, darling, there's nothing to worry about now. I'm here. All right? Yes, John. You're here. There. That's better. A good night's sleep and you'll be as good as new. Yes, John. Now, you lie there and relax, darling. I'll go to the kitchen and make you a cup of warm milk. Hello? Yes, but I just got in. I thought you'd be asleep by now. Oh, you must help me, please. Please, Paul, there isn't much time. Helen, what's the trouble? He's going to kill me. What the? Jack's going to kill me. He, he came tonight. Helen, what are you talking about? Paul, you must believe me. Now listen, Helen. You've probably had a bad dream. Is Jack there? Yes. Well, we'll straighten this thing out. Let me speak to Jack. No, no, you mustn't. Please, he's coming now. You'll never see me again alive. Goodbye, Paul. Now, don't bother folding up the dresses, Maria. Just throw them in. Mrs. Thornton, isn't this kind of sudden, you going away? Don't ask questions, Marie. Hurry, here. Help me close this suitcase. You finish packing the other suitcase. I'm going down to get the car out of the garage. Good morning, Helen. Jack! You look so surprised to see me. Uh, Marie said you had gone. I didn't expect... I decided to come back. I see I caught you in time. I was just going over to Mildred's. So early in the morning? Uh, We have an appointment for golf. Honey, in those clothes? I, I, well, I... Darling, it's all right. Helen, I'll tell you why I came back this morning. Frankly, I'm worried about you. Something's on your mind, I know it. Won't you tell me what it is? I'm all right. Okay, now listen to me. I had some very important business to settle with Paul this morning, but you come first. 
You saw Paul this morning? No, I changed my mind on the way down and came back. Helen, you need a rest. You and I are going away. No, Jack. Yes, now, there's no use arguing. I've already made a reservation for this weekend. Where, where are you taking me, Jack? Remember that cabin we stayed at three years ago? Oh. It will be wonderful, just the two of us all alone. We will drive out there tomorrow. Now, there's no need to fuss either, just a few old duds, uh, my rifle. Uh... Your rifle? Yes, darling, my gun. The hunting season's on. The shooting at Lone Acres should be very good this year. Now, Helen, what's this all about? Paul, I had to see you. Yeah, but why here, at Luigi's, all the way across town? It's safer here. What's gotten into you? Jack's going to kill me. Helen. He is, Paul. Ah, don't be ridiculous. That's what you told me last night over the phone. He's changed his plan. Oh, I see. And why, Mrs. Thornton, is your husband trying to kill you? Because... Because he's jealous of you. Jealous? <laughs> Jack, jealous of me. He knows what we once meant to each other before I married him. Why, of course he does. So what? Why, his winning you is a standard joke between him and me. Rivals in love, partners in business, and all that stuff. <laughs> Come on, snap out of it. I think I'd better talk to Jack about you. No, no, Paul, you mustn't. Promise me you won't. All right, Helen, if you say so. Jack's taking me to Lone Acres tomorrow for a rest, he says. Good. It's just what you need. I'll never come back alive. Now, Helen, get a hold of yourself. Everything will be all right. Your imagination's overworked, that's all. You should go to Lone Acres for a rest. It will do you a world of good. All right. I'll go, but I'm frightened. So frightened. We will be alone, and he will have his gun. You know, Helen, sometimes I think I love this gun more than I do you. There, it's okay now. Clean as a whistle, and ready for the work at hand. Say, the fog's lifting. You can see clear across the valley. Now we'll get in some hunting today after all. Helen, what's the matter? You haven't said a word since breakfast. I'm all right. I've been wanting to finish this story. The Golden Goblet Murders. <laughs> you know, detective stories hand me a laugh. Now, if I was to plan a murder, I'd use a gun. Like this Springfield. Now, let's say, for instance, I wanted to kill... Uh... Me? All right. Say I wanted to kill you. Now, let's see. We have to have a motive, don't we? I have it. Jealousy. Jealousy? Yes, I'm jealous of Paul Allen. That, that's it. I'm jealous of Paul. I don't want to talk about it. Come on, be a sport. Our murder plot is just beginning to get interesting. Now, let's see, we need a locale. Oh, Lone Acres, right here. What a perfect setting for a perfect murder. 
Now, for the time. Yes, Jack. When are you going to kill me? Well, I, I shouldn't really tell you when I plan to kill you, but I will give you a break. This afternoon, how's that? We will be out in the woods hunting. No one will be too near. No one to see what happens. The hunting season. A gunshot. You're dead. A regrettable accident, and there's our perfect murder. Ellen Thornton has discovered that someone wishes to murder her. A mental telepathist performing at the nightclub read the thought from among the guests. Later, Helen was shocked to learn one of the guests present in the nightclub was her husband, Jack. She fears that he might want to kill her because of his jealousy for Paul, a former suitor. Her anxiety is heightened, and her husband suggests that they go away for the weekend to Lone Acres, an isolated hunting lodge. Once there, Jack tells her it's the perfect setting for a possible perfect crime. Her murder. Helen, here, up this way. Follow this path around the bend here. Jack? Yeah? Would you mind if I went back to the cabin? Helen, I'm going to circle this hill. You wait right here for me. Jack, Jack, please don't leave me here alone. A regrettable accident, Mr. Thornton. But, Doctor, I don't understand how it happened. Now, Mr. Thornton, it's really nothing serious. It's just a shoulder flesh wound. Your wife is perfectly all right. When may I see her? We can go in right now. She's asleep. Go ahead, wake her up. She'll feel better knowing you're here. Helen. Helen, darling. Huh? It's me, darling. Jack. Mrs. Thornton, it's your husband. Doctor, get him out of here. He's going to kill me. Please, Doctor, you have to save me. Uh, Mr. Thornton, uh, perhaps you'd better leave the room for a while. All right, Doctor, I will wait outside. Doctor, Doctor, please don't let him in here again. You must believe me, he's planning to kill me. Uh, Mrs. Thornton, uh, what happened was an accident. That's what he wants you to think. He planned it that way, but it wasn't an accident. Uh, now, Mrs. Thornton, it's uh, natural in a case like this for you to imagine strange things. Doctor, you think I'm crazy, don't you? But I'm not. I know what I'm saying. You yourself took the bullet out of my shoulder. Doesn't that prove he was trying to kill me? Uh, on the contrary, Mrs. T., on the scene of the accident, they found your husband with a thirty-two caliber rifle in his hands. The bullet I removed from your shoulder was a forty-five caliber pistol cartridge. Marie! Marie! Oh, Mrs. Thornton, you have the sling off. Yes, Marie. The doctor says the shoulder is okay now. Soon I'll be playing golf again. Oh, that's fine, ma'am. I'm so glad. Were there any calls for me while I was out? Mr. Thornton called to tell you not to wait up for him. He'll be home very late. Oh, and Mr. Allen called too, Mrs. Thornton. Did he say what he wanted? 
No, ma'am. He said he'd try to get you later on. Oh, and Mrs. Thornton, I was thinking, do you suppose Mr. Thornton wants to keep this box of bullets downstairs in the open shelf? I was thinking it, it might be dangerous. Bullets? Yes, this box here. Let me see that box, Marie. Forty-five caliber cartridges. Forty-five caliber cartridges. the scene of the crime, they found a 32 caliber rifle in your husband's hands. A bullet I removed from your shoulder was a 45 caliber pistol cartridge. Evening. Have your reservation, madam. No, I'm here to see the great Marlowe. Yes, madam. Then perhaps a table on the side. This way, please. No, I've come to see him on a personal matter. He, he's expecting me. Oh, I see, madam. Albert, Albert, show this lady the great Marlowe's dressing room immediately. And when the doctor told me about the bullet he removed from my shoulder, I thought it was all a terrible mistake. I was even too ashamed to explain to Jack why I acted the way I did. Now, Mr. Marlowe, I'm sure what you told me over the phone that night is true. Someone is really planning to kill me. My husband. Are you sure the doctor said it was a forty-five caliber cartridge? Yes, a forty-five caliber cartridge just like these Marie found in the basement. Does your husband have a pistol? I think so. He keeps his guns locked in the case. He has the only key. Mr. Marlowe, he tried once and failed. He will try again. You must help me. All right, Mrs. Thornton, I will do all I can. Where is your husband now? He's out on business. He'll be home late. Then we'll have to work fast. I go on again at nine o'clock. I want you to go home immediately and find some way to open the case where your husband keeps his guns. I will call you as soon as my act is over. Mrs. Thornton, if you can find a forty-five caliber pistol in that case, I think we can put an end to this affair. Hello? This is Marlowe. I opened the case. There was no pistol. Mrs. Thornton. I've searched all through the house and I can't find it anywhere. He must have it with him. Mrs. Thornton. What can I do? I can't stay here tonight. He will kill me. Mrs. Thornton, listen to me, please. You must come down here immediately. A few minutes ago, during my act, I received the murder thought again. Mr. Thornton is in this nightclub. My husband is there now? Yes. Meet me in my dressing room. Be sure to come in through the back entrance and hurry. All right, Mr. Marlowe. Where am I supposed to be right now? Jack! But he said you were... You were standing there the whole time. You heard everything. Enough. It's not you. Then who is it at the 78 Club? Me? 78 Club? Helen, are you going to tell me what this is all about? It's not you. Oh, yes, darling, I will tell you everything. Everything. I should have told you before. I wanted to. Oh, Jack, I need you so much. Now, look here, Marlowe. I want to get to the bottom of this. Mrs. Thornton and I have told you everything. Yes, well, then explain to me why, at the very moment I was standing in my own house, 
Listening to my wife talk to you on the phone, you were telling Mrs. Thornton I was in this club planning to kill her. Oh, don't you see, Helen, this man is a cheap trickster. He's never even seen me before. Why didn't you come to me when this all started, darling? I was afraid. Because she thought you were the one, and so did I. That's why I assumed it was you sitting out there. Of course, I never saw you before you entered my dressing room a few minutes ago. You see, Mr. Thornton, I have a telepathic mind, not a magic eye. I know what your wife and I have told you is hard to believe. I don't know what your game is, but I'll find out soon enough. Come on, Helen, we're going to police headquarters. That won't be necessary, Mr. Thornton. The police know about this. I told them. Huh? The police are here now in this nightclub. Mr. Thornton, whether you believe it or not, your wife's life is in jeopardy. Someone in this club now is planning to kill her. Perhaps this will convince you. You own a forty-five caliber pistol with the serial number 75682. Why, yes, that's right. It's the pistol I reported missing. Yes, I know. The police told me tonight. Jack, why didn't you tell me? Well, darling, you've been so upset lately, I didn't want to cause you any more anxiety. That pistol is in all likelihood the pistol which was used up at Lone Acres in an attempt on your wife's life. Mr. Thornton, that pistol was brought to this club tonight by the person who is planning to kill your wife. The police found it concealed in a coat in the hat check room. Whoever claims that coat is Mrs. Thornton's intended murderer. Why would anyone want to kill her? Who can it be? We will soon find out. Mr. Thornton, do you recall the night you were here in this club? The night I first received the murder thought? Yes. That night, did you see anybody here or were you with anybody who knows you and Mrs. Thornton very well? Well, let me see. Well, yeah. No, it, it couldn't be. Pardon me, please. We got him, Mr. Marlowe. Here he is. Mrs. Thornton, your intended murderer. Paul! That's right. He was here the night you received the murder thought. It was Paul all the time. It almost worked. Yes, and all the clues pointed to you, Mr. Thornton. But why? We were so friendly, the three of us. Friendly? More than that, Mrs. Thornton, Paul Allen was hopelessly in love with you. All right, I'm coming. Let's go, Alan. Now, ladies and gentlemen, the 78 Club presents the great Marlowe, the mental marvel. He will read your mind and tell your every thought. But let me warn you, if you have a secret you don't want him to know, just don't think about it. From shadows and stillness, mystery weaves a spell of strangest fascination, charging the mind with doubts and fears. The mystery is a strange companion, a living memory. In the haunting hour. Hello, this is Tim Heffernan, the producer of the Drama Pod, and I just wanted to give a big thank you to Jack and Shannon from the Sonic Society for inviting us to this year's Summerstock 2011. 
The Haunted Hour is performed by the Drama Pod's voice actors in the following order. Mike Hansen, Winfred Henson, Raina Klett, Marlon Dance Huey, Liz Williamson, Nicole Villacres, TJ Ferrell, Anthony Wilson, Kevin Powell, and myself, Tim Heffernan. Sound production and producer is Tim Heffernan. Music was composed by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. If you've enjoyed our audio, then please listen to more of our works at www.thedramapod.com. Wow. I am dead impressed. Very, very impressed indeed. That was fantastic. And that's this week's performance for the Sonic Summerstock Playhouse. All productions, performances, characters and scripts presented in the Playhouse belong strictly to their copyright holders and no copyright infringement is assumed or intended. The Sonic Summerstock Playhouse is part of the Sonic Society podcast and Electric Vicuna Productions. Any shows that continue their run must have explicit permission from all parties involved. Join us next week at the Playhouse for another classic performance. For me though, I'm back off to the UK, but I'm sure there'll be another host next week. For the time being, I am your host and announcer, David Alt. Good night from me. Tim thought you might enjoy this wee little outtake where TJ thought it would be useful to hit me to encourage a scream. So here you go. I'll do another one. Do another one? What Just kind of... So he can have his pick of screams. Okay. Um. Ow! <laughs> <laughs> no, not ow. <laughs> you don't say ow when a bullet hits you. Actors, thanks for listening. There are a number of everyday precautions that we can all take that may help to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. The first is to make sure to clean your hands often. Now, washing your hands with soap and water for at least 20 seconds is the best, but if you don't have that, try to use a hand sanitizer that has at least 60% alcohol. And to the extent possible, avoid touching high-touch surfaces in public places. These are things like elevator buttons, door handles, handrails, or of course handshaking with people. Wash your hands after touching surfaces in public places. Avoid touching your face, your nose, and your eyes. And clean and disinfect your home to remove germs, practicing routine cleaning of frequently touched surfaces like tables, doorknobs, light switch handles will make a difference. Avoid crowds, especially in poorly ventilated spaces. All these small things that we can do may help to slow down the spread of the coronavirus. 
For more information, go to cdc.gov and be well, everyone.